to the Agora, the podcast where we discuss openly and freely the dominant issues of the day in Greece. I'm Phoebe Fronista. And I'm Nick Malkoutsis. It's great to be back with you. Listeners will remember that in the first episode of this series of the Agora, we took an in-depth look at the Greek political landscape. One of the issues we discussed at the time was the surveillance scandal that had attracted some attention over the summer but which the centre-right government was apparently dealing effectively through an all-out crisis management strategy. Well, that was then. A month or so can be a long time in politics. Hey, Donald. I mean, sorry. (laughs) Oh, yeah. I I, I think (laughs) things are complicated enough without bringing Donald into it. You're right. You're right. It's just that's the other part that I'm like focusing on this week. Yeah, yeah, of course. (laughs) Anyway, this Greek phone tapping story is back and spicier than ever, Nick, as the weekly newspaper Documento has published two lists of more than 70 names that were supposedly targeted by this predator spyware which is at the center of the alleged spying network operating in Greece. The list contained the names of high-ranking, popular government ministers, and in some cases, even their partners, as well as former Prime Minister Andoni Samaras, and also opposition politicians, journalists, and businessmen. Foreign Minister Nikos Vendias was also on the list, and according to reports in Tanea and Tovima newspapers, This has caused some concern in countries he traveled to in order to meet with high-ranking diplomats. As if all that's not enough, there may be more revelations to come. The government's response, which came directly from Prime Minister Kyriakos Mitsotakis, is that if this spying ring exists, it has nothing to do with the state or himself. Mitsotakis says the use of predator or other types of spyware is a broader problem, pointing to issues in other European countries. He insists that the Greek authorities have not purchased or used the spyware. He also accused Vaxivanis, the publisher of Documento, of colluding with main opposition party Syriza to undermine the conservative administration. The opposition parties are not satisfied with these answers. The ruling New Democracy Party's main rival, Syriza, insists that this illegal activity can be traced back to the PM's office and that Mitsotakis is not innocent of any blame. As you can imagine, folks, the latest revelations, true or not, have caused a lot of turbulence in Greek politics, but also unrest within the country's media and among prominent businessmen. So, in this episode... We're going to try and walk through the story together to get a better understanding of what happened and what it means, not just for Greek politics, but also democracy and society. We're glad to say that we've got a couple of expert guests joining us on this journey. Firstly, journalist Thanasis Koukakis, who was the first to discover that his phone had been infected with Predator, and whose insistence and persistence 
in trying to find out who is behind the monitoring as well as uncovering vital information. We'll also have a chat with Nicolas Leodopoulos. He is the co-founder of Reporters United, a cooperative of journalists in Athens that has been at the forefront of investigating the surveillance scandal in Greece, along with several other media outlets here. He'll tell us more about what their investigative reporting has discovered and how he evaluates the role of the Greek media, uh, what role it has played, in other words, in shedding light on this story or perhaps even sweeping it under the carpet. But first, I feel like we need to give our listeners a quick primer on the story because it's complex and confusing because you have these so-called legal eavesdropping by the state going on at the same time as illegal surveillance. You're absolutely right, Phoebe. So, well, let's try and sum up as briefly as we can the basics of the story and then take things from there, I guess. Are you ready? I'm ready. Go. <laughs> so... Complaints from journalists about being under surveillance from the National Intelligence Service or APE, EYP as it's known by its initials in Greece, or via the use of predator spyware began in 2020, firstly with the financial reporter Thanasis Koukakis, who discovered that Predator was installed on his phone. And then we had the reporter, freelance reporter from Solomon Stavros Malihoudis, who was able to confirm that APE was spying on him while he was covering the migration issue. In March 2021, the Greek government changed the law on surveillance, so anyone suspecting they were being monitored could not apply under a freedom of information process to find out if the intelligence service is listening to their conversations for so-called national security reasons. Now, none of these issues gained any traction in the mainstream media or the political debate, it was just small, independent and investigative websites like Reporters United, Solomon and Inside Story that were pursuing the story. However, the surveillance issue did become front page news this summer when Nikos Andrulakis, the leader of the centre-left opposition party, PASOK, the third party in Greece, found, with the help of the European Parliament, that there'd been an attempt to install Predator on his phone. Andrulakis is also an MEP. He filed a complaint with the Supreme Court prosecutor in Athens, and this triggered an initial investigation into what was going on. During this probe, the communications privacy watchdog, Adae, as it's known in Greece, found evidence that the intelligence service had spied on Andrulakis between September and December 2021, when he was campaigning for PASOK's leadership. He won that leadership race in December of that year, beating off more established figures to become party president. The day after he was elected, the state surveillance stopped. The discovery of the operation to target Andrulakis triggered the departure of the intelligence chief, Panayotis Kondoleon, and the prime minister's general secretary, Grigoris Dimitriadis, who also happened to be Kyriakos Mitsotakis's nephew. Uh, Ape had been placed under the control of the Prime Minister's office and under Dimitriadis's oversight. In a televised address at the time, this is, this is during the summer, the Prime Minister insisted that he did not know anything about the Andrulakis operation by Ape, but admitted that a line had been crossed, even though the surveillance by the spy agency 
was quote unquote legal as it was done on the grounds of national security and had been signed off by the prosecutor assigned to the intelligence service. The government insisted that Ape was not involved in the use of Predator and that the spyware had nothing to do with the Greek authorities, despite a series of reports by investigative media linking firms that licensed or sold the software, such as Athens-based firm Intellexa, with Dimitriadis, the PM's nephew, and now the ex-general secretary. Dimitriadis denies any links. The government then went on to propose several changes to the way APE operates and agreed to a parliamentary inquiry. It also entered talks with the former head of the MI5 in the UK about overhauling the Greek Secret Service. The parliamentary inquiry concluded its work in September, but amid acrimony between the government and the opposition, because New Democracy, the ruling centre-right party, which had the majority of MPs on the panel, rejected calls from the opposition parties for a whole range of witnesses to be called before the committee, especially in connection to the use of Predator. New Democracy considered the matter closed after the Greek parliamentary inquiry finished, but the European Parliament's PEGA committee, which is investigating the use of spyware throughout Europe, is still probing the affair, and MEPs on the committee came to Athens on a fact-finding mission at the beginning of November before delivering their preliminary report on their findings. Whew. I can see the movie version now. <laughs> Maybe a trilogy. <laughs> I'm sure it'll fit into one movie. A limited series. <laughs> okay, that's what they're called, right. So, yeah, I'd say that's a pretty straightforward timeline of events. I'm not sure about straightforward, but anyway, I hope um, <laughs> it clears things up somewhat. Um, obviously, there are some details we had to leave out, especially with regard to how Predator was used and who brought it into the country, who paid for it and who deployed it. And of course, all this based on the investigative reporting that's going on. It's quite a technical and complex part of the story involving Israel, Cyprus and Greece, as well as a whole host of companies in those uh, countries. The investigative website Inside Story has done some excellent work on this aspect of the story, along with Reporters United, and there have also been stories in Kathimerini, Tovima, and Tanea newspapers about how an alleged illegal spying network was uh, set up. We'll try to put some links in the show notes for everyone, anyone who wants to delve deeper into the story. We'll also provide a link to the preliminary report by the European Parliament's PEGA Committee, so I think it's worth hearing at this point what the committee's rapporteur, Dutch MEP Sophie Intveld, had to say about this affair when she visited Athens recently with her colleagues. Authorities are not willing to share official information with us. So we will have to deduct as much as we can from the context, context and the, the, the elements that we know so far, because we may not have all the pieces of the puzzle, but we have many and the image is becoming clear. Predator has been used on targets in Greece, uh, including journal on, on journalists and politicians. Some of those have also been the target of official surveillance by the uh, EYP. There are basically two scenarios that are possible. One is it is Intellexa itself, for whatever reason, and the other one is that it was done by the government or actors in government circles. The question is then, who chose the targets and why? 
in detective terms, who had the motive, the means, and the opportunity. Now, using spyware, as far as I know, is a criminal offense. Uh, so one would then expect if, if this has not been, I mean, the government can therefore not engage in it. So one would expect the authorities to engage in a very vigorous search for the culprit of such a serious crime. But I do not see that there is such a vigorous search for the culprit. On the contrary, on the contrary most relevant information has been classified. And I also note that, as we have learned today, again, that both the Prime Minister and the Parliament could use their, uh, uh, their discretionary powers to lift that confidentiality. So the, the information that is currently classified could be shared, maybe even in a redacted form, but it could be shared and we're not getting it. National elections are also European elections because they also determine, for example, the representation of the governments in the Council. So therefore they have to be free and fair. So every shadow of a doubt about interference has to be lifted before the elections. This is key. And uh, really the final remark, I would say that this whole situation proves that the European Parliament needs full powers of inquiry with the right to summons witnesses, uh, to hear them under oath and to get access to confidential documents. Thank you. And here's what the European parliamentarian said when presenting the PEGA committee's preliminary report in Brussels just a few days ago. The abuse of spyware in EU member states is a grave threat to democracy on the entire continent. And just at the time where we need democracy more than ever, in this time of crisis, we need reliable and responsible and accountable governments. So those are some of the things that Sophie Intveld had to say about the investigation into the use of spyware in Greece, as well as other EU member states, and why it's important to get to the bottom of this. You know, one of the quotes that the Dutchy MEP made when she was presenting the preliminary report was, um, I, I think it's worth highlighting, It's she described the situation in Greece as being of impenetrable complexity. Uh, and I think that's probably a fair reflection of this sort of jumble of events, entities and people that journalists have been trying to disentangle for months now. Um, as we made clear earlier in the show, it's impossible for us to go into every detail of the story. But what we can do is listen to some of the people who have spent time and effort delving into it, while also giving you some of the undeniable facts of this case. And to that end, here are 10 facts about the surveillance scandal that may tell their own story, but which certainly cannot be denied by anyone involved. Are you ready, Phoebes? What are these 10 facts? Okay, so here we go. Number one, one of New Democracy's first acts after coming to power in the summer of 2019 was to bring the National Intelligence Service, APE, under the auspices of the Prime Minister's office rather than the Citizens Protection Ministry or the Public Order Ministry as it had been in the past. Number two, soon after making that change, the government altered the law so Panayotis Kodoleon could be appointed as APE chief, even though he did not fulfil the previous criteria. Number three, 
after appointing his nephew as his general secretary, Kyriakos Mitsotakis, gave him oversight over the National Intelligence Service. Number four, in the spring of 2021, New Democracy changed the law. So the target of surveillance operations by the National Intelligence Service for national security reasons couldn't find out if they were indeed surveilled after the monitoring ceased under a freedom of information's process. So that, that ceased completely. Number five, during the parliamentary inquiry prompted by the revelation that the leader of Greece, Greece's third largest party had been spied on, it emerged that Ape's files on Nikos Androulakis and the journalist Thanasis Koukakis, who'd also been surveilled, had been destroyed. Number six. Condoleon and Dimitriadis did not appear before the parliamentary inquiry. They cited classified information, although this reason was dismissed as not valid by some constitutional experts and the head of Greece's privacy watchdog. But we should note that the head of APE under the previous Syriza-led government was questioned by MPs as part of the inquiry. Number seven, nobody connected to the companies trading the predator spyware in Greece appeared at the inquiry. Requests by the opposition parties were overruled by New Democracy MPs who held the majority on the committee. Number eight, the only political figure to be questioned by MPs as part of the investigation was Nikos Andrulakis the established victim of surveillance by the intelligence services. Number nine, there has been no official investigation into Intellexa, the Athens-based vendor of Predator, or the use of such software in Greece, even though it is illegal to do so. And number 10, until now, the only judicial probe into the surveillance issue has been focused on who leaked information about the intelligence agency spying on Andrulakis. We should note that there is now, as a result of the latest publications in Documento newspaper, there is an investigation going on into the uh, broader use of spyware. There you have it, Phoebes. Ten facts that are worth bearing in mind. Of course, um, in a story of this nature, there are many more facts that we could have added to this list, but we want, don't want to lose anyone listening to the podcast if we haven't <laughs> done so already in the complexity of this issue. Uh, believe us, folks, we, we, we're trying to keep it you know, to the bare bones. Um, what listeners should know is that none of these 10 facts are in dispute. And that's not something that you can say about much to do with this issue, Phoebe. <laughs> yeah, it's gotten pretty dirty, unfortunately. Uh, I mean, ever since it hit the mainstream media's headlines this summer, when PASOK leader Andrulakis found out he'd been targeted, there has been an almighty battle between the opposition and the government. And this bare-knuckle political fight has only intensified as a result of the recent reports 
because they suggest that an extensive surveillance net has been cast over many targets, including government ministers as well as opposition politicians. The Prime Minister's main line of defence is that he had no knowledge or involvement in the illegal wiretapping, which he argues is symptomatic of a wider phenomenon in Europe and not just a Greek problem. Government officials also claim that uh, the attempt to draw links between Predator and the PM is part of a concerted effort to destabilize the government ahead of next year's elections. They even go as far as claiming that dark forces could be at work because they want Mitsotakis and New Democracy to be unseated. The opposition dismisses this as conspiracy theories and is adamant that the use of Predator can be traced back to people close to the Prime Minister, and that means that Mitsotakis should be held accountable. They argue that the democratic process in Greece, and even the fairness of next year's elections, is in question unless there is a proper investigation into the use of spyware and the people behind it. Yep, serious stuff. Um, This would be a good point at which to hear from Thanasis Koukakis, the journalist who was the first person in Greece to realize he was being monitored via Predator. He has spent the last two years trying to find out more about what happened and to expose those who targeted him. It's only in the last few months that Greece has really started taking notice of his story. Let's hear from Patient Zero. Thanasis, this is probably something that you've explained a million times uh, before, but I, I think for our audience it would be very useful to understand how this all, all began. Why did you suspect that you were a victim of phone tapping and how were you able to confirm that Predator had been installed on, on your phone? Uh, Nick, thank you very much for having me in your podcast. Um, but we have to go back uh, uh, two years back mm-hmm. uh, and uh, precisely during the summer of 2020 when my uh, mobile phone uh, and iPhone start uh, working uh, uh, in a very bizarre way. Um, to be precise, a, the battery was over fatigued rapidly. Mm-hmm. It was overheating. And uh, the most uh, curious and strange thing was the fact that when I called uh, someone, uh, there was no ring in the meantime before I heard his voice. So mm. I heard mm. directly the voice of uh, the other person when I called. Um, I visited um, a maintenance uh, store and I changed the battery of my iPhone. Okay. And uh, but despite that fact, the iPhones continued to work in the same way. It was overheating, and uh, the new battery was, um, uh, uh, as I told you, uh, fatigued in a rapid way. Yeah, not lasting very uh, long. Uh, yeah. so, yes, so yeah. that was um, extremely uh, strange, and uh, so 
because that was uh, continuing for more than one month. And this um, behavior of the iPhone started um, at the beginning of June. And during the July, even despite the fact that I have changed the battery, there was no any uh, progress. Uh, so I asked him uh, for, I asked for one of my sources to see whether something else is happening and whether my, uh, my phone is having tapped. Mm-hmm. And uh, from the National Security Agency of Greece, to be precise. Right. So at the end of July, this uh, source of mine came back and told me, indeed, your your phone has been tapped and you have been wired, so you are at the Savelle. To be honest, I didn't believe him in the very beginning. (laughs) And I asked him to, to present to me specific evidence about it okay so he took him approximately two weeks again so we were at the beginning of august of 2020 when uh, he brought me and i saw a text uh, a transcript of uh, conversations that i did at the beginning of uh, june of 2020 uh, it was two specific transcripts with a colleague of mine and uh, a transcript with, uh, of, of a conversation that I had, that I had with an um, academic professor. So, so you were Both, able to see a conversation, a private conversation you had just in black and white, typed out, uh, transcribed completely? It was, uh, to, be, to be precise and to be honest with you, it was a, a photograph of the transcript. Right. But it, was, uh, yeah. it was very easy to, 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 to read on it. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was very easy to recall when I did those... Um, conversations because the transcript itself guided me, provide guidance. What I mean, Mm. it was uh, conversations that I did um, at the beginning of June of 2020 outside the school of my daughter. And the fact is that uh, those guys that they are made in the, um, uh, uh, the the writing the script uh, by uh, doing the audio transcript uh, transfer, uh, they they were not able to hear some of the of the words that we were saying with my with uh, the people that I was on the phone because of the children's voices outside the school of my daughter. So they had made a, even a comment that we cannot understand of this because of the children's voices. Wow! Wow! So when I realized that I was indeed under surveillance, at the next day. I came in, uh, I communicate with the Cabinet Authority for the Security of uh, Telecommunications here in Greece, uh, the and uh, I make an official complaint and by asking to provide me any information uh, for the reasons that there were other surveillance for the National Security Agency of Greece. Right. That happens at the 12th of August of 2020. But the confirmation of my surveillance uh, never happened. Why? Because despite the fact that I made a complaint to the Covenant Authority at the 12th of August of 2020, the authority replied back to me a year later. At the end of July, yes, a year later, at the end of July of 2021. What happened in the middle, uh, what occurred in, in the meantime, 
the Greek government amended the law of the cabinet authority, which is a constitutional authority, and its uh, organic law it was valid for more than 24 years. This law provided that when the authority received a claim, a complaint, excuse me, for someone that wants to uh, learn uh, whether it has been uh, under surveillance for national security reasons, and indeed he wo- uh, this person is uh, was under surveillance for national security reasons, and this uh, surveillance had uh, concluded, then the cabinet authority. Uh, had the right to provide any information to the object of the surveillance. So, a, a natural But, kind of freedom of information process that you expect in in most Western countries. Precisely, exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, but what has happened during the March of uh, 2021, uh, approximately uh, six uh, months after my complaint, the Greek government. Through an amendment, amended the law of the cabinet authority, and uh, by prohibited and prohibited to the uh, authority to provide any information to people that had been under surveillance for national security reasons. So that's that, why. That, that's that's why, the end of freedom of information as far as uh, finding out if you're be, you're under surveillance or not. Yes, and uh, let me add uh, in your remark that uh, I have I have uh, made an official complaint to the European Court for Human Rights for that, right. and we we have an open case. Uh, and my complaint had been filed uh, last August, August 2022, mm-hmm. and we have uh, an open case against the Greek Republic for the fact that had um, installed that kind of. Um, Uh, a law that it is uh, a law, of course, that violates uh, my rights. Um, the cabinet authority it was um, it, it was not in position because of the fact that we have the law amendment uh, to reply back to me in a positive way to confirm the way that the fact that there was under surveillance. So at the end of July of 2021. They reply back to me that under the current legislation, we cannot confirm that there is something wrong okay. with your phone. Okay, right. they they delayed their answer that long that by that time the law had changed, so they couldn't give you a response. Yes, mm-hmm. so this is the facts and what has happened with my first surveillance, the one that had run. Through the regular channel of surveillance, the one that had to do with uh, the traditional phone tapping. Okay, yep. so the, the But, s- which, according to to, to 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 Greek law, was legal because it had been done by the National Intelligence Service, had been approved by a prosecutor, and was done for supposedly national uh, uh, security reasons. Uh, precisely. Yes, mm-hmm. that's correct. Mm-hmm. Okay, mm-hmm. so okay. Uh, this is uh, uh, the reasoning behind of it. Uh, how the government justified uh, my surveillance, uh, most of all the surveillance of Nikos Adroulakis, yes. the head of uh, uh, PASOK, yeah. Pasok yeah. The, the third biggest party in Greece, and who is a European Parliament member too. So, uh, but imagine that when the Cabinet Authority for the Security of Telecommunications provided its uh, reply at the 29th of July of 
21. At the same time, I had been infected with uh, the predator spyware. That occurred at 12 of July of 2021 when I received a text message uh, which was uh, a, an innocent message saying that Thanasis, do you know that? And it was a link on it, mm-hmm. a link con- uh, that uh, upfold with a um, uh, news that had to be relevant with the banking sector. Okay. I click on the link and my phone was uh, infected with a predator spyware. And the predator spyware was uh, active in mobile, in mobile mobile device until the 24th of September of 2021, uh, uh, almost for three months. Thanasis, how did you discover that Predator was uh, on your phone? At the end of December uh, of uh, 2021, the Citizen Lab of the University of Toronto and mm-hmm. uh, Meta, the mother company of Facebook, um, they published together uh, two separate uh, reports which they revealed uh, the existence of a new spyware, which was named Predator, and the fact that this spyware had been sold to eight countries, among them was Greece. But not just that. At the meta report, there had been a reference to approximately uh, 400 links, fake domain names that had been created in order to install the the spyware and the penetrates to the mobile devices. Uh, among those uh, fake links, domain names, it was uh, three links, uh, Greek links, uh, that uh, w- was uh, very familiar to me. It was the CNN Greece, mm-hmm. the, the insider.gr and hellasjournal.com, three different um, uh, Greek news media that I have a collaboration with. Mm-hmm. The Meta report and the Citizen Lab report republished here in um, uh, in Greece by Inside Story and the great colleague of mine, Elisa Triadafilou. Yeah. When, when I read Elisa's uh, story, I realized that something bizarre was happening. Uh, was happening, and imagine that I already know the fact that I have been under surveillance during yep. the 2020. So, uh, at the end of January. I get, uh, beginning of February, I get in touch with uh, Meta and with the author of the report, David Agranovich, who uh, himself uh, get me in connection with the Citizen Lab of the University of Toronto and Bill Marzak, mm-hmm. um, a scientist which he is a very, um, uh, he's well specialized in uh, finding spirals. And I, we run a, a six-week six uh, process of diagnostic control. And at the beginning of March, the Citizen Lab of the University of Toronto will find out by and documented my infection with uh, predator's power. Okay. So at the end of uh, March, the University of Toronto Citizen Lab provide me with a special report, which was uh, documents all the um, uh, all, all the relative uh, provide all the uh, scientific scientific uh, justification of the and documented the um, uh, the infection of my mobile phone with a predator, and uh, I instantly informed the 
my union, my journalistic union mm-hmm. for, uh, of, of Greece, SEA. And after that, I get, uh, uh, I pu- pu- publish the story through the inside story. Thanasis, just uh, b- before we go on to how, uh, uh, what the reaction was like uh, within Greece to your story, could you briefly explain to our listeners what Predator does when it's installed on your phone? Uh, to be honest with you, uh, during uh, my sabbaths with um, Predator, mm-hmm. uh, it, it was in a, in literally with a stealth mode. I didn't really, uh, there you, was no any You didn't symptoms. understand it, was that you couldn't tell it nothing, was on your phone? Yeah. Nothing, nothing, nothing. Like, I, but uh, when uh, I get in touch with the Citizen Lab of the University of Toronto, they explain me in detail the fact that the one that had uh, uh, the user of Predator, uh, during my, the period of my infection, he was, uh, in reality, the power user of my phone. He had access to my camera, to my microphone, to my mails, to er- everything in my apps, uh, all the voice IPs. To the, uh, he was the power user of my, my, my phone. It was like to be using, uh, it was like, yeah. like me. Everything. Like- I, I, I mean, this is a, 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 an unbelievable level of intrusion, and this may sound like a cliched question, but I feel I have to ask it. How did you feel when you were told this? Look, uh, uh, it is like a, a robber, a thief, to mm. come into your home, okay, and uh, robbing you. But the fact is that I was really angry and frustrated by this mm. fact. Mm-hmm. And I was uh, really curious to investigate and inquire on this and uh, to see who was behind that. The fact is that um, so um, after the uh, after the, re- the revelation of this uh, story and after that had been published from uh, Inside the Story, the same day that happened on the 11th of April of 2022, the, from Inside Story, the same day the journalistic team of uh, Reporters United get in touch with me mm-hmm. and they revealed that they had in their possession the initial orders of the Greek prosecutor that had um, signed my surveillance back in the, June, uh, the during the summer of 2020. Imagine at the same time that we have the revelation of my second surveillance with the Predator's Power, I have been told uh, that the fact that uh, that the, my first surveillance from uh, National Security Agency of Greece is uh, documented through a very detailed documents that have all the history of my surveillance. Right. So the um, the journalistic team of Reporters United at the 15th of April of 2020 published a very detailed story that had all the elements there and even the the official. Uh, orders of the Greek prosecutor, we, which acts uh, within the National Security Agency, that have um, uh, ordered my phone tapping the, with the regular, with uh, uh, technology, okay, with uh, the traditional technology, not yeah. with the predator. Yeah. And uh, not just that, they had even the sequence of the facts of how the Greek government decided to amend the law at the March of 2021 in order to prohibit to the Cabinet Authority of the Security of Telecommunications to 
informed me about the fact that there had been other surveillance for national security reasons. So uh, within a four-day period during the April, we have two separate revelations, the one that had to do with the, the existence of the predator's power in my phone, and the second revelation that had to do with my first uh, surveillance from, uh, from AIP for national security reasons. Um, so uh, we, arrived, we realized from that it was, uh, that was not a coincidence. Yep, so we course. tried to document the fact that those uh, two surveillances are the, were uh, relevant and they were not a coincidence. That was, we struggled in order to do that and to document that. And for many months and, uh, until August of 2022, we were isolated in a form and we were trying to convince through their detailed um, investigation and through uh, stories that the Inside Story and the Reporters United uh, published that the protagonists of the, those uh, surveillances were well connected with the Greek government. Mm. Uh, at the very beginning, as I told you, it was very difficult. But, but then, at the end of uh, July, beginning of August of uh, 2022, um, a miracle happened. And let me characterize it as a miracle because we have the revelation of the... Um, at, at, at the, of the attempt of infection of the mobile phone of Mr. Adrulakis with a predator, which triggered a sequence of um, events that eventually revealed the fact that Mr. Adrulakis had been uh, himself, he was under surveillance with for, from the National Security Agency of Greece. Uh, and so that's, we documented... Yeah. No, I was going to say and that that's the point really when there is some uh, interest from the media and the political world in this issue. Yes, because, uh, you know, uh, it, it stopped to be a coincidence. It, it was more than obvious, the, the thing that we were claiming for the very beginning, that uh, the National Security Agency of Greece it was behind the use of predator. But, but Th- so, Thanasis, can I, can I just ask you, for, for in, in that in-between period where, you, you know, your let's say, legal surveillance, and then Predator, you, you, the story is out there, you're talking about it, you're tweeting about it, you're writing about it, a few others are writing about it. it there wasn't much traction uh, in, in the media or in the, in the political world. At that point, did you, did you feel isolated, abandoned? Did you feel that no one is going to show any interest in this story and it's just going to be swept up under the carpet? Um, no, not at all, because uh, during that period, uh, we had great colleagues of mine from Inside Story and Reporters United. They were inquiring with me about this case. So uh, we were back then and we still are, you know, uh, um, on board together on this. Mm-hmm. So I, I wasn't alone uh, at all. And so I, I never felt that, that I had been abandoned. Um and uh, let me add that even my the journalistic union of Athens, my union was very close uh, to me from the very beginning, and the, the national media organizations and journalistic organizations like API, they were providing a lot of support. So even during the period of time that I was um, making, um, uh, I was in, uh, making contacts with the competent authorities here in Greece in order to inform them, uh, to inform them, and uh, even the prosecutor's office, 
um, I never felt uh, felt abandoned. I, I felt that I, that was a part of the process okay. in order to, to to justify, document, and uh, make uh, you know everybody to, uh, to 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 give an eye and uh, to grab the attention of mm-hmm. the audience. And the final question, Thanas, because I know that you're very, very under time pressure at the moment with with uh, revelations and allegations regarding this story coming out by by the day. Are you hopeful that now that it really is in the public spotlight and that it's become a political issue and that the mainstream media is uh, addressing it, that something will come of this, that the institutions in Greece will react to it uh, seriously, that they'll investigate and, and, and there will be some outcome at the end of it? Uh, yes, I'm full confident of this. And um, of the from the very beginning, I was very vocal about the fact that, you know, the politicians are doing their work, that this system is doing uh, its job. And uh, we, the journalists, we have our job to do about this case. And uh, we deliver. And we're still delivering in, uh, in an excellent way. And I deeply believe that uh, the journalist work is the one that is put pressure on the judicial system and to the politicians in order to follow uh, and um, uh, be, uh, in, in a way, um, uh, you know, under the pressure of the mm-hmm. public mm-hmm. Um, and, and the society to, to give answers and to reply to the big questions that we are setting through our work. So, uh, yes, I am confident that uh, the truth at the end will be revealed, and that we are will very soon sure will be in position to recognize who were responsible for this uh, kind of uh, surveillances through the predators' power, and of course, uh, this um, um, not um, uh, this unjustified phone mm-hmm. uh, tapping through the National Security Agency of Greece. Thanasis, thank you so much for your time. Really appreciate you telling us uh, your story. Thank you, Nikos, for having me in your podcast. You're listening to the Agora Podcast, brought to you by Macropolis. You can find us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and we are hosted on Acast. We love hearing from you guys, so please, if you haven't, do write to us, rate us, and subscribe. It really helps others find us. And of course, for more information about our work and articles and commentary, visit our website, macropolis.gr. That's Macropolis with a C. Now, back to the show. That was financial journalist Thanasis Koukaikis speaking to Nick about his experience of being bugged and of then trying to investigate the clandestine operation against him. You have to admire the perseverance that he showed because the injury of being spied on was followed by the insult of hardly anyone showing any interest in his plight for a long time. 
few people were interested in looking into the story apart from a small group of independent and investigative outlets, as we mentioned earlier. And one of those was Reporters United, a collective of Athens-based investigative journalists whose goal it is to report on stories that other media in Greece don't. They collaborate with foreign journalists and media and publish their stories outside of Greece as well as within the country. The network was co-founded by Nikolas Leondopoulos, and he is our next guest. I'm glad to say Nicolas made some time for us in what is a frenetic time for him and his colleagues at the moment. We sat down to discuss how they've been probing the story, but I also wanted to hear his views on why he thinks the mainstream media ignored the surveillance issue for so long, and whether actually there's something hopeful we can take away from this whole experience, which has been mostly worrying, infuriating, and pretty depressing, to be honest. I'm intrigued to hear how you guys might find something positive in all of this. <laughs> Let's hear from Nicolas. Nicolas, um, I, I think you know for the benefit of of listeners, we're not going to try and get into too much detail about what is a very complex story, as we've already uh, discussed with Phoebe in our introduction. Uh, you've been very deep into this, but I want to look at perhaps some of the broader themes while touching on the things that uh, you've uncovered, the reporting that you've done. Let, let, let's take it from the beginning. What was the starting point? for the investigation done by Reporters United into this story? What it, was it that attracted your interest and what kind of things were you discovering as you were investigating it? Well, we started looking into the story in December 2021. Um, what happened was that a, a source, or maybe I should say a friend, tipped, off, tipped us off about something that had happened months before And we found out that the Greek government might have changed a, a detail in the law that had to do with surveillance in Greece. But we didn't know the details. We didn't know when it happened. We didn't know what it referred to. So we started digging into understanding what really had happened. And it was a great surprise to us because, you know, this is how the story started for us. And this, this was not a scoop. This was something that had already happened months before. So we found out that in March 2021, the Greek government had changed a detail in the law about surveillance in Greece. And that, that I won't go into the details, but it's interesting that it was such a change that only three countries in the, among the members of the Council of Europe had dared do in the past. And it's quite telling which were the countries. It had been only Russia, Bulgaria and Hungary that had done something similar. And all three of them were convicted by the European Court of Human Rights. So the, the change was very small. It was about the right of somebody who is surveyed by the state to know about this surveillance. And this was something that in practice was very rarely done. It was a, a right that was very rarely practiced. So our, our next step was to, to, to find out why the government had done such a change Who it, who, and it was a change that already had a negative impact on the image of Greece because, as I said, 
It's something that very few members of the Council of Europe had done. So I started digging into the why. And at one point, we realized, and this was our best scoop, that the reason that they did so was that the Greek National Intelligence Service, the so-called APE, had been white-upping the communications of a financial reporter called Thanasis Koukakis. And what is even more surprising is that this was done on the grounds of national security, which was very odd because Koukakis was a reporter writing about banks, about corruption, about the private sector. He had nothing to do with national security. Uh, So this is what became our big scoop. And this in combination with a big scoop by Inside Story that proved that the uh, telephone, the, the cell phone of Kukakis was being hacked, had been hacked by the, the Predator, uh, by Predator, which is a illegal uh, spyware. If you combine the two information and if you also see at the timing of the two things, you know, first he is targeted by the Greek National uh, Secret Service, Intelligence Service, and then He's also trapped by Predator. Then, of course, this raises big suspicions and huge indications in, in, in combination also with the fact that the Greek government changed the law, that maybe the Greek government had something to do with this. Um, it's something that we should probably make listeners aware of because it's I, I find it quite, I guess, impressive is one word, uh, concerning is another According to the communications privacy watchdog in Greece, in 2020, there were 13,751 requests for privacy restrictions to be lifted. So APE, the intelligence service, could wiretap targets based on what you mentioned, national security reasons. In 2019, there were 11,680 uh, requests. And we compare this to the number of requests made for phones to be tapped as part of criminal investigations. In 2020, it was 3,190. And in 2019, 2,302. So obviously, uh, this category, national security, very vague, very open to interpretation. It's a, these numbers suggest that there is a real issue there that it is perhaps open to abuse. Well, yes. First of all, of course, it's normal for a, for a, for a government on, and for a state to conduct surveillance against the potential threats for the national security of, 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 of the state. This is totally understandable. The problem in Greece is that they have used a loophole in the legal framework about surveillance uh, and they're using the national security uh, excuse in order to conduct surveillance about people that have nothing to do with uh, national security. And the legal loophole is very uh, simple. When they decide to do a surveillance on national security uh, grounds, there are two things that are happening. One is that they don't have to explain to the, to the prosecutor who has to stamp to approve the surveillance what are the reasons for the surveillance, So the prosecutor does not know. He just no, de- no details have to be given. No. The only thing that the paper writes, because we have had access in those documents, in those uh, state documents, is on grounds of national security. So even the prosecutor does not know. And the second thing is that the prosecutor only knows the phone number of the person, does not know the person itself. It could even be 
a prime minister or a minister or a businessman or a football player. It doesn't matter. It could be anyone as long as the prosecutor only knows the phone number. And, and this has been used uh, in, in huge numbers, as, as you said, and our, uh, it's not now, now, by now it's not a suspicion. We know that, that behind this huge number of 15,000 uh, uh, decisions per year, we are afraid that you, we have a lot of cases that are not about national security. And Nicolas, because we, we've tried to make it clear during the show that we, we're talking about two different things. On the one hand, we have the so-called legal uh, surveillance, which is even for reasons of national security, in which, as we're discussing, may be open to abuse. But then we have illegal wiretapping, either, otherwise the, the use of spyware such as Predator. Given that uh, uh, legal wiretapping is so prevalent, why would there be the use of spyware as well? Why would uh, someone possibly with links uh, to, to the state, want to use uh, Predator? Because the so-called uh, legal interception has to do with uh, uh, doing wiretaps against uh, conventional lines. And by now, and it's not something new, I think in the last decade, people in the criminal world, but also journalists, but also politicians, Everyone who wants to uh, uh, keep his communications private uh, uh, um, uh, communicate over the internet and use uh, applications like WhatsApp, like Viber, like Signal to communicate. So the legal interception system, uh, with the legal interception uh, system, you can only uh, wire up the, let's say, the normal lines. So they needed something that would go beyond that. And maybe, and maybe they, they, maybe I'm, I'm not someone who would say that any kind of spyware should be legal. What we are just saying is that there should be rules, there should be accountability, there should be transparency. We should follow the example of other countries. We should not do that completely in the dark. Because if we do that completely in the dark, then you have huge dangers about how these systems are going to be used and abused. And, and as Thanasis Koukakis himself explained to us, uh, Predator essentially takes over your phone. You know, the, 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 the person who's installed it the, uh, has complete control over your phone, can hear and read and see the same things that you can. Which means that it's not only about the communications, because the way we use our phones, our whole private and public and business life is in our phone. So the, yeah. this means... You, you provide access not just to your phone calls or to your texts, but also to your pictures, to your videos, to everything. And the investigation that Reporters United uh, carried out, uh, and there were similar reports by Inside Story and others, as you've mentioned, pointed to this collection of companies, uh, potential links to the former general secretary of the, the prime minister links, which he denies. And you're one of the recipients of the, the lawsuit he's taken out on, on this issue. But the, 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 the evidence you've gathered so far, the reporting you've done, suggests that this wasn't carried out by 
a simple uh, a, a private enterprise that wanted to gather this information for whatever reason that there was something a bit uh, darker a bit more sinister about this a bit more systematic if you like well what our research was able to to show was a series of indications you could even say there are coincidences coincidences we were able to show that the general secretary the then general secretary of the prime minister who also happened to be his nephew and who was one of the most at the time one of the most powerful people in the country Grigoris Dimitriadis had ties either direct or indirect with people who had an involvement in the spyware scandal and especially with two different people two different businessmen who are uh, allegedly involved in the scandal so one could argue that this is just a coincidence and maybe it would have been a coincidence what makes this makes this not just a coincidence is that at the same time dimitriadis as general secretary of of the prime minister had taken ape under his wings he was responsible for ape and then there is a series of political decisions that show direct political responsibility to the to 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 to, uh, to, to himself and to the office of the prime minister They took the the, 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 the the first decision that they took as government was to take ape under their responsibility. They changed the law, as I explained, which puts Greece in a similar position with Hungary and Russia. And even when the scandal broke out, instead of taking the steps to elucidate the scandal, the affair, and to understand what is happening, for example, we knew for a fact that Intellexa, a company that had set, has set foot in, in Greece and is the company that is making the illegal spyware, Predator, and has offices and employees in Greece, it was never proper, properly, not, not properly, it was not at all uh, questioned. There was no uh, audit uh, in the company. There was no raid by the authorities in the company. The company is still now operating in Greece, which is extreme if you think about that, when we know that these are the people that were making and trading and using the illegal spyware in Greece. And if we are able to show links between this politician and the people involved as major shareholders and directors in Intellexa, then we believe that this is information that has to, to be published. Mm-hmm. Uh, and of course, uh, apart from Grigoris Dimitriadis, all the other businessmen involved all deny any wrongdoing and deny any part in this illegal wiretapping. And I guess in the days, weeks, who knows, even months ahead, that this is the area that a lot of the investigative journalism will focus on. But you would think that it's also where the judicial authorities might focus. But What we've seen so far, Nicolas, is, as you mentioned, uh, Intellex, a company that's at the, at the heart of this, hasn't been investigated. We saw a very limited parliamentary inquiry. The whole issue of Predator, whoever's behind it, has not been investigated and wasn't touched on at all by the parliamentary inquiry. What is this story telling us about Greece's institutions it is, is and, and is it telling us anything new anything we didn't know well if we are to be cynical we would say that we were suspecting all that but I don't want to be cynical and this is you know I, I it would be 
I would be the first one to say that we have a problem. We've had a problem with uh, surveillance in Greece and with abusing the law about national security, also with the previous governments. And if you see the numbers, you can also see that reflecting in the numbers also with the Syriza government or with the governments before Syriza. What is changing now is that we see a clear pattern. Every time that they are uh, in, in this story that is still developing, uh, uh, we've seen the government again and again trying to obstruct uh, any uh, um, element of accountability and transparency in the story. For example, uh, the independent watchdog is about to notify to Thanasis Koukakis that is, he's being surveyed. A few days later, the government changed the law so that the independent watchdog cannot notify Koukakis. Or another example, uh, we know now for a fact that the National uh, Intelligence Service has destroyed the records that have to do uh, with the surveillance of uh, Nikos Androulakis, who is the leader of the third biggest party in Greece. So my point is that I would be very open to uh, believe what the government is saying, that they didn't know about that, that... uh, It was somebody else who did it. And small parenthesis, if there is somebody else who is using Predator in Greece Mm. and who is targeting journalists and businessmen and politicians, etc., then we have a real national security (laughs) problem in the country. My concern with with this government is that instead of taking the necessary steps to show that they really mean to to solve the, the, the problem, they are doing the exact opposite. And this is also happening on an institutional level that has to do with the justice system, for example. Uh, to give you an example, instead of having a proper, a proper investigations uh, of um, the illegal surveillance against Kukakis, the journalist, and Andrulakis, the politician, the first investigation we had was about not about what happened, but about who leaked the information to reporters that were able to reveal that those two were illegally surveyed. Yeah. Yeah, it's a bizarre uh, development. Speaking of institutions, let's turn to another of the the country's institutions, the media. For months, we knew about this story and we saw either individual journalists like Thanasis Koukakis and Stavros Malihoudis, who was also under surveillance by the intelligence service, or mostly small media outlets like Reporters United, Inside Story and Solomon, devoting time and effort to this issue. But why do you think the mainstream media didn't really pay much attention until Nikos Andrulakis came forward this summer with uh, the revelation about him being spied on. And even then, a lot of the media is still very reluctant to uh, cover the story. Well, in my view, uh, and first of all, as a reporter and as a journalist, this is a very disturbing pattern because you can see a very simple, clear-cut timeline. I will go a little bit a step back. Sure. The story starts when, in March 2021, the government changed the law about surveillance, as I said. There, the, the law changes, and for nine months, nobody writes even a word about that. Hmm. And that's disturbing. We find out yeah. about the change law, the change of law in December, 
when we find out about the change of the law, we go to people, to sources, to understand what they happen, to tell them that this has happened and to ask them to, you know, to, to explain. And they all know. Legal scholars know about that. University professors know about that. We find out that top journalists and publishers of the country have been notified, knew about that, but they did nothing. So this is the first part of the timeline. And then the small independent outlets, outlets like Inside Story and ourselves at Reporters United, we start publishing. And some of the publishing we did cannot be denied. I mean, we had access to state documents that showed that Kukakis is being surveyed. This is not denied by, by anybody. Or Inside Story proved that he was surveyed by Predator. And still for nine months, from January 22 until August 22, this was only covered by small independent media. So this is why I'm saying, and maybe it will sound as an exaggeration, that this is a disturbing pattern that shows a serious uh, problem with the press in in Greece. If I see it from my point of view, it's good for us. (laughs) Because we had the kind of the... We we create an oligopoly of reporters that... (laughs) On that, but yeah. but if you th- see at this from a public interest uh, point of view, of course, it's very disturbing. Of course, the, the, the media in Greece has always been highly politicized, and as this issue has developed, there are critics who say, "Ah, this investigation, these revelations—they're just made, motivated." by uh, the government's opponents or they're um, facilitated and pushed by the opposition parties. How, how do you handle uh, that kind of scepticism or that kind of cynicism? How, how, how do you get around it? Well, it's very simple. It just It, it is as simple as that. It's not true. It's completely mm. accurate. What is even interesting is that the journalists that broke out the scandal, most of them are not even left-leaning. Hmm. And even the outlets that did that are not the typical, you know, leftist uh, outlets that you, you have in Greece. Um, and we were among the first ones also to make critical reporting, to publish critical reporting against the opposition for not doing enough. Actually, they have also a big institutional responsibility in that because some of the important legislative changes that allowed this lack of accountability of of transparency to happen started during the Syriza uh, administration. Mm -hmm. Um, But of course, it's easy to say that it's political and it has to do with the opposition, but it's not just true. Um, I mean, you you can see the reporting, you can see something that is very interesting, the kind of impact that has had the reporting outside Greece, that we've had some of the biggest... Mm -hmm news outlets of the world like Reuters and the Wall Street Journal and uh, uh, the New York Times and political publishing, uh, long pieces on it has been happening in Greece. You have in, in international watchdogs like the like RSF, Reporters Without Borders, uh, doing very harsh statements on uh, the government and on the quality of, of, of uh, freedom of expression, of freedom of, of press in Greece. So I think that it just doesn't hold water the accusation that all this is political and has to do with, uh, you know, the political parties and all that. The, the surveillance scandal itself, it's its a murky, dark story. And as more information or allegations are coming uh, to light, 
it's starting to poison Greek uh, politics. Yeah, it's creating a, a, a nasty atmosphere. But uh, I'll ask you something, and this may surprise people. Do you actually think that there's something hopeful to come out of the experience? And to, to, to clarify what I mean, I, I'm talking about the sense that at least part of the Greek media has performed the public service it's meant to by showing persistence, professionalism in investigating a story, even when few people were really showing an interest. To me, that seems like it's a cause for hope. Well, I will also surprise you because I think this is this is a positive story. What is happening right now in Greece is very positive. Also for the press, it's very positive. You have... And actually, it didn't, ha- it didn't start with the surveillance scandal, the surveillance affair. For the last years in Greece, you have a new, I would even say a blossoming ecosystem of small, independent media, new generations of journalists in their 20s and their 30s that are doing serious, uh, thorough, investigative work. I would even add to that, that for sure we have a problem with our mainstream media because they have really direct ties with the political and the business establishment of, 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 of the country. But even inside those media, there are some of the best reporters in Greece. And what is very hopeful for me is that during the whole investigation of the surveillance affair, we haven't been alone. We have been working uh, together with colleagues. We, we are at the same time competitors and friends. And there is this community of reporters right now in Greece that everybody is digging into the same affair. And of course, we are we are competitors in the sense that we want to be the first ones to, to get, you know, the big scoop. But I think it's very hopeful that this is happening right now in Greece. And actually, I think, and in some sense, this is bad, that if if it weren't for reporters, the, the, the affair would not that be in the open. And if you have some hope to really understand what happened with that and to have a real institutional reform in Greece, then this is something, again, to be expected by journalism in Greece. And on that note, Nicolas, and we can conclude with this, are you also hopeful that people will end up being held accountable for their part in the illegal wiretapping in Greece? Or do you fear this will go the same way as other scandals we've seen? in the country? In other words, the findings of incomplete investigations, whether they're conducted by the judiciary, the parliament, watchdogs being swept under the carpet. And perhaps one additional related question, do you think that the mainstream media, the the weight of this story will have to be such that the mainstream media cannot ignore it in any uh, uh, large scale uh, in order for these kinds of developments to be triggered? Well, I'm afraid I can't be very optimistic about both your questions. First of all, I have doubts that we will know exactly what happened. I know that we already know that on a political level, this government, the office of the prime minister have direct political responsibility But I doubt that the Greek judicial system is ready at the current situation to go until the end and to really conduct a a real investigation on what happened. And also are losing time because they've had their opportunity to hide their traces, to destroy evidence. So I can't be optimistic. Now, to the question about mainstream media, I'm also very pessimistic. 
Uh, I'm pessimistic because for, for now the story has turned mainstream, but the real motive for some of the big media publishing stories against the Prime Minister, it's not because they want to know what happened with the story. Uh, there are other, let's say, darker motives between that. And that's actually a problem. You can have a, a, a big mainstream newspaper like, you know, opening the, the tap of information and then closing it and then opening and then closing it. This is really problematic. The, the, a free press, a free, independent and responsible press cannot work like that, that you open the tap and you, uh, you close it depending on what the interest is, uh, the interests of the owner are. I, I preferred it when we were optimistic. I should have stopped the interview there. <laughs> But uh, that's that that that's the reality, and uh, I think it's important uh, listeners know. Nicolas, thank you very much for your time in what I know has been a very uh, busy week, and I, I, I'm sure they will continue to be busy weeks ahead, and we look forward to reading what you and your team will be publishing. Thank you. Thank you very much for the opportunity and for the invitation. That was Nicolas Leondopoulos, the co-founder of Reporters United, a network of investigative journalists here in Athens. As we mentioned earlier, we will put links to all their stories in our show notes, and we'll add links from other reports that should also help you build your understanding of this so complex story. It's that complexity that's meant we've taken more of your time in this episode than usual, but I hope that it's been worth it because this is an issue that really goes to the heart of how our democracy and its institutions function and, and beyond whether we're talking about the current government or not, the functioning of institutions, it's something that concerns all parties and concerns us as voters, uh, Greek society uh, as a whole. So we, we should really have a stake in this one way or another. And on that somber note, it's time for us to depart. But before we do, Please remember to keep following us, rating us, and sending us your views and your questions. And keep listening to the Agora. That's right. Until next time, you, hopefully you'll listen to us then by, by legal means only. <laughs> Bye-bye. <laughs> Bye-bye. Bye-bye.